Welcome to the Secrets of Confident Women podcast, where you'll learn all the best tips, tricks, and practical techniques for building the confidence levels you've always wanted. With inspiring interviews, real-life examples, and game-changing insights, this podcast is for women who know that mastering the skill of confidence is one of the most important things they'll ever do. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Secrets of Confident Women podcast. I'm Anastasia Adams, and together with my awesome business partner, Jodie Bruce-Clark, we run Rise Women, a business dedicated to making confidence every woman's new normal. I am so excited about today's interview because it's with a young woman who I've worked with and who I really like and admire. Today's podcast episode is with the vibrant and colourful Rose Oakley. Rose is a 24-year-old Kiwi living in Sydney, Australia for the last two years. She flew the nest in New Zealand and lived in Chicago for a year on her own where she secured a corporate PR internship after her US student exchange. From there, she moved again on her own to Sydney to pursue her dream of marketing and events. Rose is most passionate about lifting others up and creating memorable experiences for communities. She hopes to establish her own event management company that exclusively works for community groups and makes a lasting change in her world. Her greatest joy is connecting people and learning from others and today I'm so excited to learn from her. So Rose Oakley, welcome to the Secrets of Confident Women podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. I'm very excited to see where this conversation goes. So to get us started, tell us a bit about yourself. Sure. So as you said in your lovely introduction, I'm 24 years old and I am a Kiwi from a actually a really small rural town in New Zealand called Southbridge. And then we moved to the city. So I'm currently working in a marketing role at the minute um, with a focus on events and yeah, it's been it's been a challenging year with COVID, being away from my family. Um, but I'm really proud of myself how I stayed in Australia and worked on some really exciting projects. So I'm excited to see what happens next. That's amazing. It does take a lot to kind of stick it out, doesn't it? When all the odds yeah. seem stacked against you. It does, and it was um, it was a really tough time. But I'm really proud of myself for getting through it. And I really think it just goes to show if you you know, have faith in yourself and continue to believe in yourself that um, you can get through the hardest of times. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Because unfortunately, as we all know, during COVID, you know, a lot of people did buckle or they did have to go home or businesses went under, people lost their jobs. And it just really, really is, it's hard to stay positive and confident during, you know, adverse times like that. Um, But you should be proud of yourself because you did well. And we're all proud of you too. So tell me, what does confidence or being a confident woman mean to you? That's a great question. So I think when I initially thought about this, I thought, you know, it's someone who has killer outfits, is making a lot of money and, you know, is sort of the center of attention. But when I started to, you know, actually think of people who've inspired me and who I think are confident, I actually found that it's people that are willing to be vulnerable. So what I mean by that is leaders who actually say when they're struggling or admit when they're wrong and are really open to feedback. So I think it's really powerful when someone I admire and really respect actually talks about their struggles and how they got through them. So I would say being really vulnerable to me, I think is really confident, owning your mistakes and powering through. Um, I'd also say as well, someone that is willing to, um, to be open, so sort of relating to the vulnerable aspects, so open about teaching you, helping you, wanting you to succeed as well. So I think 
those are the two for me. And lastly, I would also say someone that's really authentic. So I've been in roles before where you have this incredible leader, but they're not very authentic with yeah, you. So yeah. someone that um, has integrity is authentic. They mean what they mean. They stick to what they mean and they don't, they don't change their mind. Yeah. So those, um, as well as the killer outfit, those are the top <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, I hear you. It's really interesting how my my I thought someone that was confident in someone is you know just had it all and had the car and had the great job, but it's actually people I admire that are willing to be open with people and help them. That's what I think is most inspiring to myself. That that's an amazing answer, and and something that we don't hear very often because you're right, confidence is always or very often a very outward kind of appearance it's you know how someone walks and how they talk and and how they look and you know you you say that that person looks confident um but often it is what they're what they have to offer to people that's what brings out their confidence that you know that vulnerability it takes a lot of strength to be vulnerable it's not a sign of weakness um and it's just it's not any sort of indication that that person doesn't have confidence. If anything, it means, like you said, that they're willing to own their struggles and share what they've learnt with others. Um, So I think that's a really, really great take on what being a confident woman means. Um, So tell me, when are you the most confident version of yourself? That's a great question. I feel like I'm most confident um, after I've been through a really hard slog or a hard struggle and I've yeah. come out the other side and it's sort of in the in the slog that you're like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I'm a failure. I, I'm going to, you know, I just, you really doubt yourself. And then as soon as you come over the other side and you produce this great piece of work or a project or even in your personal life, when you come out the other side of a really you know, rough time, yeah. you're kind of like, oh my gosh, I did that. Yeah, and I can't believe did that I on did my that. own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I had the power within myself this whole time and I can't believe I doubted myself and I am amazing. Um so that doesn't happen every day, but I think whenever I go through Yeah, whenever yeah. I go through really rough times professionally or personally, I just think, okay, out of everything I've dealt with, I've got through it and I had myself and I can do this. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's um, it's interesting, isn't it? That that little negative voice in, in our heads that we all have. And you know, I mean, you've been through it many times and you've been through lots of different challenging situations and you know you've done it before and, and you know that you can do it again. But that little voice always tries to get at you, doesn't it? And just go, Absolutely. are you sure? You know, oh, have you got this really? Do you think you've got it right? Do you think you should try something else? And We're always second guessing and doubting ourselves. So I understand what you mean when you say that coming out of the end of that and and succeeding, regardless of what that success looks like, um, it it does give you a boost of confidence. And that comes back to a lot of what we talk about um, in Rise about getting into action. Often it's just that getting into action that will boost your confidence because it means that you're doing something about whatever it is you need to do. So regardless of what the outcome is, the fact that you tried and you kept at it and you stuck it out You come out the other side and you will always have a confidence boost, which is great. Let's flip it. Tell us about a time when you had low confidence and what you did to build your confidence back up again. Sure. So this was um, a pretty, probably one of the most interesting times of my life where I had no doubt, 
no confidence in myself. Uh, people around me weren't confident in me and I'm really proud of how I pulled myself out of it. So yep. basically what happened was two years ago after I was living in Chicago, I decided, oh my gosh, this is so great. I want to be in the city. I got back to New Zealand and I thought, okay, I really, really want to be the city girl and work in the city and I want to spread the nest. So I actually got a job in Sydney with yep. a um, communications firm, mailed the interview, flew over and started the job. The very first day, I just knew something was wrong. I knew that, okay, this isn't what I thought. I've like left my family, my friends. I've financially invested in moving here. I don't know anyone. I thought, okay, this job. Self-doubt crept in, right? Yeah, Yeah. there's something off. Um, So I stuck it out for about four weeks and things went from bad to worse. I had a really um, tough feedback meeting where basically I was told, you know, if you don't improve, we're going to fire you basically. It was put on a development plan. And you'd put everything you had into making this move and this life change. I can imagine that would have been petrifying. So, you know, I sat there thinking, oh, my gosh, I've, you know, I've done something wrong. All these people are confirming my doubts because they're telling me that I'm not good at what I'm doing. I'm about to be sacked. And I thought, okay, it's all over. I'm going to go back to New Zealand. I'm such a fail. But then overnight I had the thought that, no, I'm not going to trust what I think of myself in this moment. Mm -hmm. I've just lived overseas and I nailed it. I, you know, okay, maybe my work isn't great in this role but I just took a leap of faith I didn't plan it I just went into work the next day and I just said I'm resigning oh wow Um, you took the initiative yeah that shocked a lot of people that just shocked me (laughs) Um, just hearing the story I just moved moved overseas and my first big corporate job and I just resigned after that meeting I thought no I'm not dealing with this I'm not dealing with people that don't have confidence in me I'm not dealing with not having confidence in myself and eight weeks of job searching I found my perfect role and it went from a moment of like extremely low confidence, yeah. almost moving home to, no, I'm not going to believe this. I've got this and I'm going to go out and search for my truth. So it was a really scary moment, but yeah. I what just had to get up and get going. What an incredible moment of self-awareness though, because so many people, we, we deal with this all the time with all of our clients in every context. They always believe what they think, Right. There are so many women, we have a thought, we have a negative thought and we just accept it as the truth. And we go, right, I feel like a failure. I'm thinking I'm a failure, so I must be a failure. But that incredible moment of self-awareness that you had where you went, I'm not actually going to believe what I think about myself um, and I'm going to shift it. I'm going to change it and, and create what I actually want. That That is incredible because we often get stuck in this rut of, you know, I, I believe a negative thought, it becomes my reality and then everything I do kind of encompasses that. Um, So I can imagine that would have been, yeah, like you almost have to break yourself down, don't you, to build yourself back up again. Exactly. And in that moment, you know, it was like my parents were shocked. I just moved for this job. The employer was a bit shocked. I was sort of shocked at myself, but I just had to have that confidence in myself. And then I went to the job market and I found my perfect role. So it was a really scary moment, but totally paid off. I'm really proud of myself because I would have been, you know, who knows what could have happened if I stayed there, but I'm glad that I oh, you would have run back home. into another direction. Yeah, I would yeah. have absolutely just given up, hated the work and gone home. Yeah, which I'm sure, I mean, I know, I know how close you are with your family and you'd love to go home, but going home should be a choice, right? Not that I have to go home because I failed. It's more a, I'm going home because I want to, 
not because I feel like I've been forced into it. Um, yeah, that, that is really incredible. That's such a great insight because it takes a lot for someone to have that self-awareness and to understand when their own thoughts are trying to sabotage them. So um, we've been talking about your, you know, your, your life changes. You've had some recent life changes, living overseas, moving away from your family. How did that move and those changes impact your confidence? And, and what did you do or how did you help yourself rebuild it without having those people closest to you nearby? Because we often depend on the advice and the support of our nearest and dearest, right? Like I, I know I can always go to my mom or my sister and go, I'm struggling, what do I do? Um, but you didn't have them nearby and it is it, it's difficult sometimes to make that connection when it's over the phone or you don't have them, you know, in really close proximity to you. So how did all those challenges impact your confidence and, and how did you deal with them without those people close to you? Definitely. I would say at the beginning when I moved, um, I didn't have too many challenges given I could call my family and visit them. But yeah. I would definitely say during coronavirus, that was really tough. So one thing I did um, during that time was I sought out a mentor. So I had a chat to about 10 different people, just literally just messaged them on LinkedIn, asking them to meet me for coffee or if it was in COVID over Zoom. Yeah. And basically what happened was I found two women who I really, really gelled with. Um, and because my family, we have a family owned business, sometimes I find it really challenging to speak to them about, you know, corporate yeah. politics or corporate challenges because they've never been in that situation so I would really lean on these women I would call them and we would discuss any challenges I was having in my personal or professional life they would talk to me about their perspectives what they would do and you know as I said before one of the things I really valued about them is they were very honest and open about their personal relationships their work relationships and how they overcame their struggles yeah. and it really made me feel really valid when I was speaking with them and also it gave me that sort of professional networky advice from an older sister that I really needed. So yeah, I would absolutely. say that really helped me. It's um, very contextual, isn't it? Like you're getting advice from the people who um, are living the life that you're living basically. Um, so they're playing the same game as you. They're not, you know, you're not getting corporate advice from someone who's, I don't know, you know, a, a stay-at-home mum who's starting her own business. It's got to be kind of like with like. And I think that's a really – intentional technique um, surrounding yourself with the right people is so crucial and so valuable and we all know this um, the right people around you are the ones who can build you up and give you confidence but also help you explore your own levels of confidence um, so I think yeah it's great that you made that kind of intentional move to go I need the right women around me who can support me in what I'm trying to do I've got my family for personal support but in terms of corporate I need some corporate women to get some advice from um, so yeah I think that that's a really great technique corporate's tricky isn't it like it's a different dynamic there's different things going on in corporate that unless you're living that life it's hard to understand um, so you're young you're driven you're determined like most of us though you've probably experienced a bit of imposter syndrome in the workplace I find it hard to find someone who hasn't so um, is there any kind of specific confidence techniques that help you within the corporate world you know, when you've got that little negative voice in your head telling you things, like you said, that you don't really want to hear or believe, do you go to your mentors? Is there something else that you do to help you deal with imposter syndrome in the workplace? Of course. I think something that really helped me is, I guess, identifying work buddies. So yeah. there's two girls in the workplace who I just clicked with straight away. 
and we really bond together. We're in different departments, so we're able to problem solve and think together, and we have that trust, and we have a little Skype chat where we check in, and we do little catch-ups over Skype during the week. And for me, that during COVID especially, and when we were doing a lot of projects, that was my life saviour. You know, when I couldn't see my family and I couldn't go out of the house, just having those two you know, friends in the workplace you could check in with over Skype or just say, hey, I'd love yeah. some advice or I just want to have a, you know, a virtual catch up. That was, um, that really helped me because it just gives you that confidence and people that aren't in your team but are in your workplace can really give you the guidance and problem solve where you might not have seen before. Yeah. So that's separate to your mentors, right? So you're basically con- creating this little community around yourself of different people who can help you in different ways in your life. Absolutely. And then in terms of the imposter syndrome, I think for me, when I get really overwhelmed, a few techniques I do is firstly, I just break everything down into, okay, what's the priority? What do I need to get done? Yeah. And then if I can identify something where I'm just really struggling or I'm not sure, I'll always reach out to the team in a team meeting, which at first I found really scary, like really scary to say. <laughs> it's a bit overwhelming, oh, isn't it? <laughs> It's really scary to be like, hey, guys, I have no idea what I'm doing. I really need help because you don't want to seem like you don't know how to do your job. But I actually found that when I did that and sort of said, okay, this is what I think I should do. Can I have a buddy to help me? You know, the problem's halved. You feel so much better. It improves collaboration. And at first I was really resistant to that. Like I would be like, no, no, I've got it under control. Don't need anyone's help. But I soon learned that being open with the team and being vulnerable and saying, guys, I really need a hand. That really helped me. Yeah, and that models confidence for others, doesn't it? Because then, uh, you know, if your team members can see that you're open to receiving assistance when you need it, then they'll do the same and they'll feel comfortable and confident to come to you and go, I'm struggling with this, I need your help. And I think you're right, it does create a really collaborative environment. It helps people kind of bounce ideas off each other, emotions, whatever you're feeling at the time. It's so supportive to know that there are people out there who listen and who you can trust. I would say as well with the imposter syndrome thing, whenever I start to feel that way, I just sort of have a look at my achievements. So obviously I'm an event, so I'll think, you know, I might have an event coming up or a campaign and I'll be thinking, oh my gosh, there's so many challenges, you know, what am I going to do? But then I think, hang on, you know, last year we worked on X or I worked on X and these all turned out really successful. So why, you know, why do I need to worry? I know I can do it. Um, But it definitely especially in a virtual world where you have no one to just be like, oh, can we get a coffee or have that interaction when you're sort of staring at your screen alone at your house. I definitely think those those imposter fears are really escalated, but I just find, you know, talking to colleagues, talking to friends and just reflecting on past achievements really, really helps. Yeah, you're so right because it's so easy to get caught up in what's going wrong. Um, And as women, we tend to be problem solvers, right? We are serial problem solvers. So we look at everything that's going on around us and we go, right, what do I need to do to fix this? And in amongst all of that, we forget to celebrate our achievements. We we do something, we do it amazingly, and then we just push it to the side and go, right, that's done. Let's move on to the next thing. Um, And we don't dwell on it really kind of taking it in and going, oh, my God, I did a great job. Um, Jodie and I often uh, in in some of our, you know, when we're coaching clients or, or just in our courses and stuff, we talk about the wow book, which is a perfect way to do this. So you basically create this book or it can be an email folder or whatever. And every time something amazing happens or someone sends you an email that's great or a thank you card or anything, you dump everything in this wow book or this wow folder. 
So when you ever feel like that imposter syndrome feeling is, you know, creeping in or you're doubting your abilities or your capabilities, you can refer back to this folder and go, all right, so this is what I've done. These are my achievements. These are all the times when people believed in me and were grateful for what I did. And it just gives you that little confidence boost in your head to go, I've got this. I've done it before. I can do it again. You know, all the the details of what's going on at the moment, I can't let them overwhelm me. I know I've got this. Um, That's a great idea. I actually, um, I've never done that. Sometimes I do sort of lists of goals I've achieved, but I think I'm inspired now to create my own well book. You totally should and decorate it. (laughs) Bling it out and get as big or as small a book as you want. Um, You know, you can put anything in it. You can put a great photo that you love. You can put a thank you card from someone or just a note from a friend going, you know, I was struggling this week and you really helped me out. Just You just pile it with things that other people see in you that sometimes you may not see in yourself because we we do tend to overlook our own, you know, our talents and our skills because we're just in the, the, you know, this occupation of just get on with the job. I've got stuff to do. I just need to do it. I've got goals to set. Yep, achieved, amazing, push it to the side, keep going. And we forget, we do forget to acknowledge our achievements. So ladies, everyone who's listening, wow book, it's the way to go. All right, so let's move on to the next one. What is something that you failed at that now in hindsight you're glad you didn't achieve? I think to be honest, it really comes back to what I shared at the beginning where I had job and I was like oh my gosh communications firm I'm gonna rock this yes I'm you know leaving New Zealand and woohoo I'm (laughs) off and then it's like oh my god I'm such a fail I can't do the basic tasks right I've been put on this development plan and okay I'm just gonna give up I'm gonna move on to the next thing and at the time I thought you know wow that's a really bad moment but looking back I'm like oh my gosh if I hadn't you know, given up early, as in I'm talking six weeks in, yeah. I would never have been entered into this world of events and event management through my role at my company. Now I actually networked with TEDx Sydney and I got involved with them and I've met a whole Amazing. pile of people. Yeah. So it's a moment where I really thought I'd failed. I think as well, another thing really early on when I was at university actually is something I could share, which is I did really, really well in my school exams and yep. I got into law school and same thing. I was like, okay, I'm off to the capital. I'm going to do law. I'm going to study for six years, be in this really well-paying job and like, I'm so fabulous. And then, you know, the first year in, I just bombed. I sucked at law. I <laughs> it just wasn't really for you. <laughs> was terrible. And I was like, what am I going to do? Like, this is kind of my only plan. And then Similar to um, what happened in Sydney, I've sort of got this intuition that when things go wrong, I just have this idea and I just go for it. And I thought, hang on, I love communications. Okay. And I just opened up my laptop and I said communications, you know, New Zealand. And it said, okay, communications school was, you know, four Ks away. I got an Uber. I went straight to the university and I said, you know, can I transfer? I want to do communications. Um, And they were sort of like, yeah, okay. And then I called up my parents and said, okay, so I'm dropping out of law and I'm changing <laughs> universities and I'm going to a different university now and I have to start all over again. But now, you know, I got my degree. I then went to um, Chicago for my exchange yeah. with communications, which then I pitched myself to a lecturer at the university who got me a job at his firm. So all these things happened and then I stayed at the firm for a year and worked and lived there. So it's sort of like an epic fail that if I hadn't, you know, given up my law school dreams and pursued my intuition, um, then I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't even be in Sydney. And I think that's something I've really learned over the years is 
you sort of have this like picture perfect idea of what success and confidence is and what you should do. But I always sometimes feel that, and this is really cheesy, that the actual answers are actually in my intuition and in myself. And if I just tune in and let go of the noise, I actually know what I want to do. And it's when I act on those moments it's when it, it's when the picture becomes clear and the struggle becomes really real and you 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 do find what you're meant to do. Yeah, yeah, and then just proactively go out there and get it, do what you have to do to bring all the pieces together. But it's sort of like you have to go through that struggle or that. Yes, because that's where we learn the, the most. Yes. And absolutely. then you're like, "Oh my gosh, it's all clear. I know what I have to do now." Yeah, because it's in it's in the struggles and in the failures that we learn. I mean, if everything's going right, you don't really learn. You just kind of keep doing what you're doing but there's never that that moment where you need to reevaluate or reassess and it's in those moments that we do grow and we develop as human beings um so uh, we say it all the time you cannot succeed without failing it's literally impossible because there is no success if you just keep doing what you're doing and nothing goes wrong you don't learn you don't grow you don't develop um so you need to fail and and i think it's that we we all need to change our relationship with the concept of failure we need to accept it as a part of the success process because if we just look at failure as I failed at this it's blocked me or I've taken a step back then we'll always feel like we're starting on the back foot whereas if we consider failure to be part of the success process then failures don't make you feel like you're going backwards it's still a step forward you may have failed at that but you're still moving forwards and I think that's a really empowering um, idea to have in your head that it doesn't matter if I fail I'm still moving forwards and I think that's exactly what you did and it's it's really hard to get to that point and even you know I've had friendships where they sort of you just feel like oh something's not working and you just know it's sort of time to let it go and it's it's a really awful moment but it's sort of like all of a sudden in the next couple of months or weeks you sort of get introduced to new people and new friends and you're like oh my gosh you know things happen for a reason maybe things didn't go so well with this friend or this relationship because now I've been in this situation and yeah. it's sort of in that really dark moment where it's really hard to see but it's not until you just I think surrender to it and you just get on to the next thing and you you really see and that's where the confidence comes for me yeah absolutely it's liberating isn't it it is but um it's it's hindsight is amazing it really <laughs> is if only we had that before but it doesn't work that way unfortunately but then things would probably be a bit boring if we just knew everything that was coming you know there's fun in the struggle too it's hard yes um and there are challenges sometimes that we think we can't get through, but it is exciting and that's what life's about. It's about always striving to, you know, make things better and do more and achieve more. And I think it's it's great when you can understand all the bits of the process, that it's not always about succeeding. There will be challenges, there will be roadblocks, there will be wins, there will be losses, but it's all part of the bigger picture. Absolutely, I yeah. agreed. Well, let's um talk about your bigger picture. What's a dream or a goal that you haven't achieved yet? What are you working to next? So that's something that a lot of people ask me. And mm-hmm. to be honest, I I actually have no idea. I know what I love and what I'm good at, but yeah. I'm not I'm not sure. So something I think I'm really great at and passionate about is connecting people, creating communities, creating networks and bringing people together. So that's why naturally in my role, I've always leaned toward marketing and events because, yeah. you know, you're putting on these experiences. So I think in my personal life, I'm the one that's always hosting parties or yeah. get togethers or organizing catch-ups or you know, fundraising or volunteering. I'm that sort of project manager in the friend group. But I think eventually, and I'm not sure at the moment how it looks, so totally open to ideas, but I'd love to have some sort of 
you know, initiative, organization, or be the be the head of some sort of business which creates special moments. But I'm not really leaning toward commercial and corporate. I'm thinking more, you know, like fundraising groups, businesses yeah. like your own, yeah. community groups, volunteer groups, some sort of, you know, big event management firm that brings everyone together and facilitates really great events and networking opportunities. Yeah. So I don't really know what that looks like at the moment, but I feel like being a part of a community and bringing communities together is where I really want to look to go to next. Yeah. And I can, I can see that in you because I think you've got such a vibrant personality um, and it is about what you can do for others. You love helping others and you love bringing people together. So I can totally see that in your future. Um, and I think it's okay to just go, I don't know. I'll know it when I get there. I'm working around building my network and myself and my community, um, you know, to, to achieve that goal eventually, but I'm not sure what it quite looks like yet. And I think that that's perfectly fine. Sometimes we set up really rigid goals for ourselves and if we don't meet them, we're really disappointed. And I think sometimes it's great to have open-ended goals where you go, this is what I'm working towards. Um, you know, it, I may have to adapt, I may have to compromise, I may need to shift my end goal a little bit, but this is the overall goal that I'm looking to achieve. Exactly. So for me, I think it's more about, okay, I'm not really sure where the end goal is. And my partner's always like, you know, start your own events business, you can do it. And I'm like, whoa, I don't think I'm there yet. Um, But I'm just doing small things like, you know, external courses. Obviously, I've got a network of mentors. I have my TEDx Sydney crew, and they're really, really um, a great team with a lot of event experience. I'm looking at volunteering and getting myself into community groups. So I'm just doing all these things at the moment. Um, and I think when that opportunity presents itself or I feel confident enough to do something on my own, I'll, I'll see it. Yeah. But at the moment, you're open I, to it. yeah, but yeah. at the moment I'm sort of just soaking up everything the universe has to offer, learning from people and just, just making myself open to whatever the universe presents. I love it. That's so great. It, it just, it literally, the world is your oyster. Anything could happen next. Exactly, which is really exciting. exciting. Yeah. Um, but I'm just not sure yet. That's cool. That's totally cool and so exciting because I think when we know exactly what's coming, when we always know what's coming, even if we're looking forward to it, it does take a bit of that excitement out of it. So I think it's exciting to not know and just be open to whatever the world has to offer you. Okay, so we're moving on to our Rise Women final power questions. Are you ready? I am ready. Awesome. Short, quick answers. Uh, we give these to all of our guests just to get like a snapshot of Rose Oakley. So what do you wish every woman knew? That the power lies within themselves. I love it. So great. What is your superpower? My superpower is connecting with people and talking to anyone about yeah. anything. <laughs> I do love that, that. You will talk to anyone about everything. I think it's great. Um, okay, I think I know the answer to this one, but I may be wrong. Heels or flats? Definitely heels. Oh, I love going God. out, love the party. <laughs> um, I've actually, though, been getting into flats recently, which is a new thing for me, but I'm definitely like glittery, red, you know, going out, full face of makeup, let's go. I know, I love it. You've always got the best eyeshadow on, the greatest shade of lipstick. It's amazing. Like I can see your personality through the way you look and uh, you know, it's a big deal. The way we look and the way we dress, it projects who we feel we are and who we want other people to see us as. And I can see just in the way you dress and, you know, the shoes and the makeup that you are a bubbly person and it's so great because you're in the right place in the world for that. All right, your favourite quote or rule that you live by? I think my favourite rule that I live by yeah. is that always be true to yourself 
And something my granddad taught me, which has always stuck with me, which is that whatever you think is always right. Great. Go with your instincts. Absolutely. Yeah. Who inspires you and why? This is really cheesy, uh, <laughs> but I think someone that inspires me a lot is Oprah Winfrey, who I yeah. actually met and had um, won a nationwide competition, got to meet and have dinner with her. So oh, my God. How she's, amazing. She's like my all-time um, inspiration. Yeah. And then probably a more down-to-earth example is my grandma, who passed away about 15 years ago. She was such a community woman. She had all the, she was in a rural community. So she really led the way for women in the community, gave them opportunities. She did a lot of outreach and she's just someone who's always been so humble and treated people with respect, but also demanded respect. And she's someone who I keep in the back of my mind whenever I make a really big decision. That's really lovely. That's so nice that you've got someone like that who, who kind kind of guide you in your decisions. Um, okay, last one. Finish this sentence. If I had even more confidence than I do now, I would. If I had even more confidence, then I would spend my time helping other women get to the point where I am, especially with all the social media, you know, BS happening, yeah. what's happening in the government, what's happening in society. If I had lots of confidence and some to spare, I would honestly spend it helping my friends and helping everyone else get to my the point I got to, to be honest. I love that. And I, to be honest, I think you're halfway there because uh, we lead by example. And I think just in hearing your story and, and just knowing you and seeing the things that you do, you are leading by example. You may not, you know, physically be reaching out to these women and helping them, but knowing you and hearing about you, I think is enough and it's enough to get the ball rolling. And as you grow and develop and you expand your networks and, and what you're doing, I think you'll achieve that goal so amazingly. Thank you so much. I I really hope so. I don't know what it looks like yet, but I'm really excited and open to whatever happens next. Wonderful. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I've had an absolute ball. Rose, you have been such a great guest. It's been a wonderful conversation and I've really, really enjoyed it. And I think our listeners will get a lot of lot of value from it. Um, so thanks everyone for listening today. And remember, there are so many ways that we can help you become the confident woman that you've always wanted to be. So please get in touch or visit us at risewomen.com. We are always here to help. So until next time, remember with confidence, anything is possible. And thank you, Rose Oakley. Thank you. Bye.